0: Recruiter, you. Yes, you. You didn't sign up for a world where you spend all day in the DMs of strangers. You're ignored, rejected. Those people don't know you. That's about to change. Hey everyone, this is uh, Nathan. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Content Recruiter. So, we have got quite a lot coming out over the next couple of weeks. Over the last week or so, I've sat down with. Mitch Sullivan, you might know Mitch if you're in the recruitment world, but he's um, an advocate of making job ads uh, better to help recruiters drive more inbound, which is exactly the sort of stuff we talk about on, on this pod. Um, and then just yesterday, I sat down to record another episode with uh, Benja and Sophia. They are the co creators of, of the Hire with Content Masterclass. And um, yeah, the whole conversation just, just brought a bunch of, of new ideas. Uh, back in terms of like how recruiters should think about content version one um, of getting something going and, and shipping something really really fast just to um, give more insight and information to candidates and the type of people you want to hire um, and ultimately accelerate hiring in the long term but it was really interesting to talk about the dynamic of of content in the recruitment process outside of just being active on social feeds because actually that's not what This is about, this is, um, or that particular episode was about some of the other angles that you can take when you lead with content in the recruitment process. And so uh, that might look like uh, sourcing with content, for example. So actually sourcing is still going to be prevalent, but how can you make it just 10% better than what it is today? So that was a really, really uh, good chat yesterday. The episodes uh, with Mitch and um, Sophia and Benja are due to go out in the next the next week or so Um, but today I want to talk about positioning and the reason I want to talk about positioning is because before Christmas I got asked to take part in in a survey uh, with a a research company uh, over in the in the states and and basically the, the the point of the survey was was pretty simple it was it was this they were trying to understand the questions that recruiters ask during intake meetings with hiring managers. You know, I always viewed intake meetings with hiring managers as an opportunity to really take something away to go and tell the story better than the company does already. Now, there are some very, very clear things you need from intake meetings. You need to understand salary. You need to understand availability for um interviews, you need to understand who's going to be involved in the process, what the interview stages look like, the location, whether it's remote, like a heap of things, all, this, all the standard stuff that you will need um, to give the candidate the information that they need to make the right decision. So, so there's a standard housekeeping type stuff, which is all the stuff we talked about there. But when I jumped on this call, it was pretty clear that most of the other people who'd been involved in the research project like laser focused in on that stuff as the stuff that they generally talk about during intake meetings with with hiring managers and we had a we had a chat with with the with the researcher who was basically like um you know this isn't really the direction they expected the conversation to go in but it was interesting nonetheless and so it kind of threw up the question to me anyway about like why companies don't spend more time thinking about the story and the narrative that they want to position to candidates when they're going out to the market now i built a framework it's not it's something that uh, was already pre-existing um it was from a book called or it was taken the inspiration was coming from a book called obviously awesome um so i take i've taken a framework and kind of redeveloped that and re-engineered it for for the world of recruitment to help you go away and, and position roles more effectively. And I just wanted to share like the steps that are involved in, in this process. There are uh, nine steps altogether. So step number one is trying to figure out who loves your company. And this basically just comes down to having like conversations with people inside of the business and inside of a team that you're hiring for to understand what, what's good, like what works, what, what, what are they trying to solve? Like if you're hiring someone outside of a company who's unhappy in their current role and open to having a conversation with you, you need to really like, tell them what they're going to be working on and the problems that they're trying to solve. And, and I that and and I I kind of there's almost an element of 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 using this this step of the process to and uh, figure out the the outcome. So instead of talking about the stuff that your business is good at instead of talking about being this, you know, fast growing dynamic company in, in, in job ads and outbound messages or talking about a recent fundraising round or something like, would it not be better to talk about the change that you're trying to impact in the world and and how this person is going to play a huge part in that, or the problem you're solving in a very, very specific industry. It doesn't have to be sexy. It could just be the problem you're solving in an industry and why, and how and why this role fits into that. And and so getting into the um into the detail of like what roles do and how they fit inside of a business and the outcomes that they provide to a company actually gives you a really, really good base to then go and tell candidates what the um expected outcome of their role is going to be. And then they'll decide, like they'll opt in as to whether they wanna they wanna be a part of that, whether they care enough or whether they just don't. And if they do care enough, um, I would I would suggest that you probably hiring someone who is um, who's potentially more more engaged in the broader mission and, and um, objective of the business if they've opted in for that very specific reason. So um, the next step in this process was to go and align all the all the vocabulary. So go and get rid of the old stuff. Go and get rid of the stuff that you that you previously used, you know, the, the, the stuff, the job ads that are masquerading as um, job descriptions or or job descriptions that are masquerading as, as job ads. Um, all of the old outreach messages that you've got, which are basically like, hey, insert first name here, this is X from company B. You know, we've got this opportunity for a, a I don't know, director of marketing do you want to come and join us like go get rid of all that stuff throw it away because all it's doing is burning through the market frustrating recruiters um and the response rates are crap it's not doing anything for you Uh, the fourth step in 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 this model which which i was skeptical about actually but it was about um competitive alternatives so it was about understanding like who you're actually competing against in the market and and the reason for this wasn't to go and check what the competitors are doing, how they're positioning themselves and what success they're having and the messages they're they're talking about. It was to actually understand like what value you create. So I used to work with a like a software development company who told me that they were competing against the likes of um, like Meta and Google for talent. And I guess in a sense they were, I mean, they were after the same type of people, but they... They weren't really i mean they were like a 600 person software development house and um but what they did do really really well was they had this um this bench of people which is almost more comparable to like a top tile or a uh, probably not a fiver but maybe a a top tile or a top coder or something Uh, these on-demand platforms where you can access um opportunities really quickly from a from a uh, talent perspective um and they had this functionality and so it became quite interesting in that we were positioning roles as um, you know going to work with company X for however long or meta or Google or whichever brand we were we were working with at that particular time, whichever brand we were competing with to get talent for. Um, but actually the the, um, the people within our our network that we were that we were working with our developers, didn't really care about that. They, they cared that they were going to do good work and they were going to work with big brands and that was attractive. But the thing that they cared about the most was flexibility. And so suddenly our competitors didn't become, um, you know, the metas of the world. They became the top tiles of the world and the on-demand platforms that gave people the flexibility to do the jobs that they'd love for a period of time that they wanted to do them. So um, it's kind of interesting when you, when you step back and you actually figure out who your competitors are and for the reasons why um, it shines a light on some of the kind of unique attributes you can give to these people, which is the next step. It's trying to understand the unique attributes of, of, of those people. So what makes you unique in the market? Is it salary? Is it the mission? Is it the product build? Is it the speed in which you move? Um, it it could be it could be many things, but I'd always recommend that you try and you know dig deeper and go hard on that one thing that makes you unique, one or two things at the very very most, um, because you can't you simply can't be everything to everyone, and that's not a bad thing, but you just can't go out there trying to please everyone all of the time, um, all that's going to happen is people are going to join you with a misconception of what you actually are as a company, so it's going to hurt you. Um, in terms of qualification at top of the funnel, but long-term it's going to hurt you because people just don't join you with the right, um, with the right motives or for the right reasons. And that's not necessarily their fault. Maybe that's something that you've done from a positioning perspective, which is why I go back to intake meetings with hiring managers, the positioning and getting these steps is so important um, because you are ultimately trying to map the attributes of your business to the value themes of the candidates and the outcomes that you're gonna have on their career, which is step six. So matching the attributes that you think you can offer to candidates and what those outcomes actually look like in their life. So if they join your business, are they gonna get more money? What's more money gonna lead to? Well, it's gonna lead to, I don't know, more holidays whatever. I don't like a terrible example, but you, you understand where this is going. Um, is it you subsidise cost of travel? There could be really, really small things, and and again, like this is on the this is on the fly. So, um, excuse the like shocking, shocking examples. Um, but ultimately, when you figure out what your what your themes are and what you're really good at, when those attributes um, align with the outcomes of what people are trying to. Uh, achieving their life and their career, then that becomes very, very powerful, and you don't need many attributes um, for that to become the thing that you that you that you talk about often. Um, determining who cares is hard. That that's the seventh step in this positioning guide. But determining who cares, why they would leave a job to come to your business, uh, what are the very specific reasons why people leave in the first place to come to you. They're they're all things you should really be collecting in the first stage of this. When we talk about um, finding out who loves your company, these things are almost quite closely aligned. It's trying to understand who cares a lot about the thing that you're doing um, to come and join you. And what are the common themes within those conversations? This all goes back to conversations, uh, which is a main theme that we spoke about on the podcast with uh, Benja and Sophia, which is coming out next week. It's like go and do your research. If you don't do your research with the individual teams inside of the business, then you are you're going out there at like fifty percent fit, match fit to go and find the people that you need to hire. Like there's so much more insight that can come from the people inside of the business versus the hiring managers um, that you really need to dig to go and get it, and it might not come after one conversation. You've got to be, there's a skill in asking questions and you've got to be inquisitive. You've got to dig deeper on very specific things that they talk about and listen to the cues, to then get to the outcomes that people will want to know before they join your business. So um, understanding who cares will come from the conversations that you have with the team. And then finally, um, we just speak about capturing the positioning to share um, with the people involved in the process or each stage of the process so that just means you've got a common um narrative running throughout the whole of the candidate experience it reinforces the messages that we speak about and it keeps candidates uh, focused on the reasons why they should join your business so uh, i hope that's helpful we, we um i i think positioning is is a is a lot of the game in recruitment i um i have been in like various businesses and instances where I've sat down with hiring managers for a twenty-minute conversation about a role, and honestly, I've left not knowing what to sell. And um, and there's probably people that that feel the same who are listening to this this podcast now. But I uh, want to try and get recruiters out of that position because I feel like when you know what to sell, and um, and you know what candidates actually uh, want from from your business, then life just becomes. Um, a hell of a lot easier so yeah that's it hope it's useful um so next up we're gonna have the podcast with bender and sofia it's likely to be launched next wednesday uh, sorry next tuesday um which i think is the i don't know 16th 17th of, of jam so um i hope you enjoy it feel free to drop me a message on linkedin if you want to learn more about the positioning and i can give you access to the um, the dock as well we've got an open source dock on, on Miro so feel free to drop me a message and I'll give you access until next time, thanks folks